Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.35 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Sing together now. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. Be the 
When I walked into this room, my heart was heavy. And I had struggled just to make it through the day. Suddenly, I felt an awesome reverence And the pain inside began to slip away Right away I knew that something happened It was reflected in expressions on each face Taken by surprise I felt his presence And I knew that this must be a holy place There is healing in this house Healing Your troubled hearts with healing call. There is healing in this house. Restoration in this place. There is mercy, there is grace. All ye heavy laden, come and bring your burdens one by one and leave them here. There is healing in this house. There is healing in this house. Healing in this house. Manifested peace to call your troubled hearts with healing balm. There is healing in this house. Restoration. Troubled hearts with healing balm There is healing 
scars of suffering brought me healing. He shed his blood to fill my soul. His crown of thorns made me royalty. And his sorrow gave me that a little bit if I could again Romans chapter 1 verse 24 wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen sounds like today doesn't it Seems like we worship creation more than we do the God who created everything. Seems like uh, we want to make sure that the air is going to be clean and everything like that. Let me say something. To you. You're not going to have to worry about that. The world's going to be here. Jesus is going to return, and one day he's going to restore it. Amen. So we know what's going to happen because we read the end of the book. Amen. And so let me just encourage you. Uh, you don't have to get too shook up. Uh, it's not doom and gloom with everything going on. Psalm 9:17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And that's why I want to preach this message, if I could, to think we're not important at the end times, perhaps even defeated or destroyed, 
to most Americans, that's unthinkable because we've always been seemingly the most important, the biggest country, and uh, so on and so on. And so when you talk about America not having very much influence in the last days, it's a very sensitive subject, subject and topic to a lot of people. Uh, we know that America has our heart, it's our home, it's where our families have grown up and lived, it's our land. We love the song, Land That I Love. We understand all of that, but also you need to understand what the Bible says about some things. First of all, why has God kept us safe and prosperous? God has protected America. He's kept us prosperous. Why is that? Well, you know, I look back in Abraham's day with Lot. He's, he said, if you can find ten righteous people, well, there's more than ten righteous people in this country. And I think that's one of the reasons that God has uh, kept from pull out, pouring out his full wrath upon us. But our nation is turning quickly now, isn't it? It's going downhill in a lot of ways, uh, morally and a number of things that I might mention here. We've protected and given, I believe, to Israel. I believe that's one of the great reasons God has blessed us. When God called out Abram, he gave him that promise, and that was before uh, uh, his seed. That was before Israel. That was before he was even saved. God gave him that promise. I believe Abraham was saved in uh, Genesis 15 when he believed it was accounted for righteousness. I believe that's when it happened in his heart. And so, anyway, I believe that we've been a great friend to Israel. And if that turns, then we're going to be in trouble, I believe. And then also, we've been used by God to keep the world somewhat within their own borders. Uh, we've helped other nations. We've defended other nations. Uh, we've given a lot, not just financially, but in blood, sacrifice of soldiers, and uh, leaving homes, leaving countries, foreign lands, and all these things that have taken place. Great sacrifices have been made for that. And then another reason, I believe, is we've had the Christian message, the gospel. We've been ge very generous in years past, especially, where we would share this gospel. We spread missions all around, but times have changed now. The church today, it seems like it's become dead it's just not alive for Jesus Christ the way that it ought to be. It seems like there are more churches uh, that uh, want to be culture-relevant so much. And I've been there. I understand that. And you want to be creative. I understand that. But to be so culturally relevant that it shows there's no difference between a saved person and a lost person and a person's testimony is lost. We shouldn't always want to be like the world. We should make the world to want to be like us. In some way, we've flipped that around, haven't we? As Americans, we've allowed our pride, our arrogance to promote an increasing godless society. There's a reducing of we believe in God to shutting him out completely. Uh, even on the Internet now, if you have certain viewpoints, and especially it's coming for Christians too now, uh, they're going to shut out our voices so that you cannot spread that. And it's coming our way. Paul said in dark times with these people, he said, Philippians 3, 17, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as 
you have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. And I think sometimes you can cross a line of American citizenship to God's heavenly citizenship. And it means more to you to be an American citizen than to be a citizen of heaven. And we have to be careful with that. It's always God first. Amen? And it was quiet when I was saying that. And that just tells, shows the point that I was trying to make. We've seen a new America that promotes life began with the blind chance. That's a bunch of garbage. We know that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. What's tough about that? Amen? And then we've created a low-life morality without God. They tell us what is legal now is moral. Whatever the law says, that makes it moral, and that's not true. Uh, godly morality, by the way, like it used to today, just can't be legislated anymore. And what certain universities or the media or secularists or humanists or atheists, whatever they say is moral is moral in society's eyes. Marriage, man and a woman being the foundation of a country, is being crowded out. It's almost like it's a shame now that that's taking place. A fetus is not human anymore. Pornography, they say, is just harmless adult pleasure. Capitalism, where you work hard and you're rewarded for your work, that's America's problem, and it needs to be torn down. And personally, with us seeing everything... I believe God has already given us up. You know, it says there he gave them up because they were doing these things or whatever. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. He just went on, let them do what their sinful nature wants to do. That's what it means when he says he gave them up. And then there are some texts that try to say uh, America's in the Bible. And uh, they will use Isaiah 18, 1 through 7. And, uh, but that's referring to ancient Cush, the Sudan, and it even says in the text there, uh, Ethiopia, and it talks about the tall, smooth-skinned people. Then they'll try to use Exodus chapter 38, verse 13, where it states the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions. Well, they say, well, Tarshish is Great Britain, and the young lions is the United States. We're just a break-off of Great Britain. That may be true in literal sense, but in biblical sense, remember this Tarshish we learned in going through the study of Jonah, Tarshish is in southern Spain. <laughs> it's not in Britain, okay? It's southern Spain. And uh, by the way, the context there is in the tribulation when Gog is coming down upon Israel. And then they will use Revelation chapter 17, chapter 18, that says that Babylon, the great city, and there are a lot of evangelists who have said that America is the Babylon. We are the melting pot of all the religions, which is true and a shame, but that's not America in its context. It's describing a true city of Babylon, Antichrist empire, 
And by the way, what was Antichrist, his nationality? The Assyrian, okay? Remember that, it's Isaiah chapter 10. You can look that up sometime if you like. And it's talking about it being in the tribulation. So the Bible doesn't mention America as such. The Bible is silence, and it seems like it's saying America will be decreased and have little power and influence in the end times. And it's hard for Americans to grasp that for some reason. Uh, there are many reasons why. I wrote down just a couple why we would have little influence in the end times. First of all, one, America's financial collapse. Do you know that our country right now is 25 plus trillion dollars in debt? We have to borrow money to live. One of these days, the borrowers are not going to loan it to us, are they? Americans have set their course to bankruptcy. There are several states already, they're at the point of bankruptcy right now. They're looking for the government to try to bail them out right now. Most Americans, they live weekly on 133%. That means they live on 100% of their income plus 33% more. <laughs> and when you do that, you know what's going to happen. That's going to collapse. You can't continue that all the time. So America's global power and influence, I believe, will disappear during those times. And then you talk about finances, the illegal immigrants coming into the country. And I'm not talking about uh, their ethnic background or anything like that. I've said before, and I mean it from my heart, that if all of Mexico wants to come to, to America, let them come, but let them come in the front door properly, legally, and come in, though. That's all that you ask of anybody, wherever they may come from. And so, but the financial end of this thing is incomprehensible. Somebody was adding up, giving them Social Security and giving them a salary in a sense, and it's up to a trillion dollars more. And it's just unbelievable. So, uh, financial collapse, and then America's continued moral decay. In our country, we've pushed God out of our schools, out of the public buildings, out of the public arena. Broken families are the norm anymore. The entertainment industry gets more degenerate than ever it's been. More people are dependent upon government because of laziness. You know, if the government wouldn't give them anything, they'd have to go out and try to find a job sometimes. Amen? And then crime. We can't rule out America could simply fade into obscurity and then surpassed by other nations. And by the way, the other nations don't like us anyway. I wouldn't worry about what they would be saying anyway. There could be a societal, societal breakdown. You say, how is that possible? Look at Portland right now. They're just not publishing everything. It's a mess up there. And uh, it could happen all across this country. The third thing that could happen it could be we could be destroyed by an outside nation. Uh, we could have a nuclear attack on us from Russia, China, Iran when they get it, North Korea, Islamic terrorists. They hate us. They might go together, a lot of them. And we could be wiped out real, real fast, real simple. Our country is not as safe as many people think it is. 
you know, submarines are right off the coast. How long does it take them? Some of our submarines go out, and I've read reports and seen it, that they have enough nuclear weapons on a sub to destroy the world. That's, a, that's just a literal military fact. And Russia has so many subs. How long would that take? It could go in an instant if they wanted to, if they didn't think we could retaliate. You know that, if you know anything about what's been going on. This place could be an uninhabitable hot place one day. <laughs> and then you have the financial collapse, the moral decay. You have outside nation attacking us. And the fourth thing is, and the one I'm holding out for, is the rapture. <laughs> I was listening to a preacher this week, and he went down. He said, I'm not naming dates or anything. But he gave an unbelievable scale, and he showed things that, that was right out of the Bible that was really good, and it's 2021. He says, it's, it has to happen soon, and we know it's coming soon. And then you think about that without many of these believers, they leave, they go up in the rapture, and they leave America. It has the potential to destroy America. Gone will be many taxpayers, <laughs> mortgages and houses and businesses will not be paid. The stock market will collapse. Employees will be gone, not at work. The military will be deplenished. Some leaders will disappear. Nancy Pelosi will be in charge. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. <laughs> You know, after the rapture, America, if we're still here, probably will seek UN refuge and sort of merge into the Western coalition or Antichrist empire. That's how weak she will become once the rapture takes place. And that's what I hope that takes place, is the fact that we do get to go up in the rapture. But also remember the last days are not about America. The last days are truly about Israel. It's about the focus in the Middle East. And the question has come, why hasn't Russia invaded Israel yet? Well, you know why. It's because of America. It's because of the body of Christ. There's many reasons that has held back, in a sense, the forces of Russia coming down on Israel. But have you heard lately some of our senators, some of our congresspeople being more and more anti-Israel? Yeah. And it wouldn't take very much. We'd step right in place, right in tune, right in step with Russia, China, and so on. Zechariah 12.3 says this, And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. <laughs> All that the burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together again. For some reason, they hate Israel. Jerusalem is a burdensome stone even today, is she not? And it's going to get even worse later on. Other questions we need to become real with, we need to take our hand out of the sand about. Number one is this here, is America a Christian nation? And the answer is no. 
We've always been a remnant within a nation. Now, our Constitution, a lot of its principles were based upon scriptures, which has allowed the Judeo-Christian principles be spread across this country, and it's been a salvation of our country in many ways. But today, they're getting away from the Constitution. They don't want it. And as a result of that, they push away the Constitution, they push away the Christian principles which it was founded upon. And so you don't have that in your system then any longer. And you see it right before your eyes taking place. And it could happen where we have a Pharaoh who does not know Joseph. <laughs> and then the believers are in trouble when that takes place. So is American a Christian nation? No, we're not. All we are is a big melting pot of all ty types of religions and cults and small gods and so on and so on. That's what we've become. Now, Christianity is here, but you can see we're being pushed to the side. That, you know, we're against what they want to rise up and raise up, I should say, in this country. Our voice is against a lot of what they're trying to promote. And uh, as a result of that, they're trying to shut our voice down. And it's coming, uh, and it's going to be here. It's, it's here already, but to what degree, we don't know how fast it will go. And so let me just say that uh, they will hate you just like it hated Christ, as we learned in Sunday school this morning. Secondly, does America have a direct covenant with God? And the answer is no, we do not. Israel alone has a covenant with God. She was not like the other nations. It states in Psalm 147, He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation as, as, uh, and as for his judgments, they have no, not known them, praise ye the Lord. In other words, Israel is the only one that God has favored, God has blessed, and given his word. This whole book we call the Bible, all Jewish writers, every one of them. And these individuals were privileged, but America had no covenants, whereas Israel did. It states in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's who we were until one day God reached down and saved a guy by the name of Saul of Tarsus who became the great apostle Paul. And Paul started a new dispensation of grace that would include Everybody, there's no difference between Jew or Gentile any longer. You just come as you are. Thank God for that. But we have no covenant as a nation. America in grace was raised up by God for his purpose and for no other reason. There's no covenant. The third thing is this here. Does 2 Chronicles 7.14 apply to us? Well, the con, no, it doesn't. The context, Solomon has built the temple. 
he prays and he asks God to be forgiving of these people when they sin. And so God responded to Solomon about his people Israel when they would sin. God said this in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, Israel, which are called by not my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land, Israel. That is a specific promise to the people of Israel. And by the way, always remember the books that's for the body of Christ, our marching orders is Romans through Philemon. That Second Chronicles still the Old Testament under the prophetic program under law to the nation of Israel. So the promise is to them. Now, does it hurt for us to pray for? Of course not. We pray for our country. We pray that we might be a Nineveh in a sense, that God would find mercy on us and that our country would turn from our way, wicked ways and turn to the face of God. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I'd love to see that. But I don't see anything like that happening. I don't see it at all. And uh, so we can't claim that verse specifically as a promise to us. Number four, won't there be at the end a time of revival? How many times have we heard preachers on TV? Oh, God's going to pour his spirit out. Coming revival. I've heard that and heard that and heard that. And they always quote Joel chapter 2. God will pour out his spirit. Well, first of all, Joel's a prophet to Israel. Hello. Peter mentioned it in Acts 2, didn't he? This is that that Joel, the prophet, talked about, right? It was for Israel. It's when Israel will, Christ returns and the new covenant will be set up and the Spirit of God's going to be poured out all over Israel. That's what he's talking about there. And the Bible does not teach us that that is for a Gentile nation. But there is a warning to us by Paul that in the body of Christ in times, there's coming not revival, but a falling away. There's coming apostasy. People turning from God, and it's going to get dark before the rapture takes place. And if it's not dark now, it's not going to get much darker. I mean, it's just dark. Everything's upside down right now. Truth is wrong and wrong is truth. And you know that as well as I know that. God help us. Paul said this, 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times for the body of Christ, some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's the way it's going to be when the rapture takes place. Now we know there will be a move of God in the tribulation for Israel. And Israel... A third of them will turn to God and believe in him. Number five, is there danger to mention America in end-time prophecy? 
Is there a danger in doing it? In end time, use America in there? Well, the danger is to use scripture that is not to us. Then incorrectly build a wrong view that affects how we live today. And what I mean by that, I've heard so many things. People who should know better, they're worried about this in the tribulation. They're worried about that in the tribulation. Oh, my goodness, this is the mark of the beast. We got to take it. No, you don't, idiot. You won't be here. You'll be raptured up already. That doesn't apply to you. That applies to those in the tribulation. Hello, hello, hello. Getting a chip in you is not the mark of the beast. Getting a shot in you is not the mark of the beast. Amen? Now, do you know that? If you understood what I just said, just raise your hand if you understood that. Amen? Not saying you had to agree with it. I'm just saying. So what's the lesson? Understand, a believer, he believes in the word of God. And he believes what it teaches, that countries, including America, its governments, institutions are ordained by God to oversee human affairs, to maintain social order, to promote justice, and protect its citizens, to live peaceably and preferably under God. And each nation will be judged by God for that one day. And if it seems like they have tyrants now, and a lot of them do, they will answer for that. God will have no pity when he pours his wrath out on them. And one day when they stand before him, they'll have to answer for that also. So that's important for us to understand that. As Americans, we've been given so many privileges and opportunities not experienced by most other countries but we are not God's covenant people. Do you know something? God's not working in necessarily in nations today. God's working in individuals today. And individuals who believe in, in Christ, they make up the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is in every nation. Because there are believers in every nation. That's who he's working with today, okay? And I think that's important. We have no guarantee. As long as God has a purpose for America, we exist. When he doesn't have any more purpose for us, <laughs> we don't exist. Acts 17, 26, and hath made of one blood of all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, their borders, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might fill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. First Timothy chapter 2, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for uh, they that are in authority, 
that we may lead, this is what we pray for, a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God says, listen, you need to pray for your leaders. Sometimes that's hard. But we need to pray for them. I want our government to be successful. I don't want our government to turn its back on God. I don't want our government to kill babies. Do you know 42% of all deaths this past year were abortion, unborn children? 42% of all deaths. Can you comprehend that? I pray for my country. I'll pray for my president. I'll pray for all the leaders. I don't agree with a lot of it. But let me say, I will pray for them and hope that God will move in a way. You know, kings are in the hands of the Lord. And God has a way of pushing people. And when they do begin to put out things that are contrary to what the Bible says, I'm standing on the Bible, I will shout it from the rooftops what the Bible says and not what my government is saying when it's wrong. You just have to do that, all of us. You have to stand up for what is truth. And when Paul wrote this, Paul was under wicked tyrants. He was beheaded by one of them. That's when he wrote this. That's amazing to me. Our only hope in all this is Jesus Christ. The fact that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again. That's called the gospel. And when a per person puts their faith in that gospel and that alone, they believe it in their heart, God saves them. That is our only hope. And I think we have to wake up and remember, and I was talking to somebody right before the service, you know, you work all your life and you work and you obtain things and that, and because of decisions made from Washington and so on, you're going to lose things and these things are threatening those things and you want to protect, you, want, you know, you're human. But just remember this. Set your affections on things that are above and not on the things on the earth. Make that a focus, and you'll not be so worried, so afraid. It states this in Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, he saved us, made us alive, together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Christ says, listen, our hope is Christ, and he's seated on the right hand of God, and we're going to be with him one day. That is our hope. Titus 2.13 says this here, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? I think we can get so wrapped up with what's going on around us that we have to stop and back away. Sometimes I'll watch the news, I get so mad I could take a hammer and bust the TV up. Anybody like that beside me? And I have to keep stepping back and reminding myself, okay, Jim, Jim, <laughs> it's not about this world. 
It's about the next one you're going to be in. Take as many with you as you possibly can. Some way we have to do that. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We're thankful that uh, as a nation, you have so blessed us. And God, there is fear that we hate to see this slipping through our grasp, and we see it. We see behind the thing spiritual warfare taking place and the evil system taking place in a sense that they will try to silence us in different ways because we don't agree with what they say is right. So God, when that time comes, may you protect us. May you give us a, a spirit of courage. But when, may we never, ever be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And may we stand up for the truth and not be ashamed of it, regardless of what the consequences are. God, we're going to have to start getting tougher. We're going to have to get some hide to ourselves if we're going to have to stand up for the cause of Christ in the days ahead. So I just pray you would move in us. Help us always to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. May we never lose that testimony. But also, may we be strong like Elijah and like Paul. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, God bless you. We love you. We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpindy.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.